passage when we actually get started and then we can talk about it so just as a word of warning i believe we are live now we are you're welcome to have a big thing in the middle of it because that's kind of the beginning just click it that's its thing look hi hello good day how's it going hopefully you can hear all of us and hey everybody and uh oh you know what i'm gonna do turn off the tv so that i don't stare at it <laughs> just you and jesse i would we just have enough narcissism in us to know <laughs> how to keep it at bay um what's it going on this is live at lunch hello miss alice 10 already alice is on online there. others hopefully will be jumping on soon um let me tell you this because i said i was going to say it uh from the beginning last week because it's important and you know what did you say our average view time is about a minute 36 seconds mm. and i want to thank alice personally for making sure that that <laughs> for view that time number stays, go up. yeah uh so i don't think it was i don't remember what it was it's hard to here's the deal i realize it's you're scrolling you click on it and you go what are these guys talking about they're sitting at a desk they're talking about things yeah and what are they talking about and we've got to say something that grabs you quick otherwise you you may not get grabbed in hopefully you are getting grabbed in however maybe you're also like well when my kids are yelling throwing things across the room i got i can't listen to they can't watch this right now. i'll come back and watch it which we do have a lot of people that watch after mm -hmm. which is great and we want to tell you about all the ways that you can listen or watch after if you are listening right now and you're like come on seth hurry it up that's enough that's enough that's enough tell us what it is okay <laughs> obviously you can come back to facebook watch it anytime comment jump in there in the comments we love it uh we also are on youtube all you have to do is search uh, M1BC, and you'll see our channel comes up every Sunday morning service, every um, live at lunch, and, and lots of other things come on YouTube. So you can subscribe to us there, um, comment, you create a conversation there. We're trying to create a community on YouTube there also for those that enjoy that forum better. You don't have to log in. You can be anonymous. It's a lot easier to do that. Uh, then also... For those that don't want that want to just listen to the audio version, we have a podcast. You can go to any of your podcasting sites on Apple or on Spotify or wherever, type in Live at Lunch, and boom, you're going to find it. It'll be a big orange square. It says Live at Lunch, and there's all of our old podcasts or all of our old conversations are there uh, or posting over the next couple of days uh, as I'm trying to catch up from our last series, which was Teach Us to Pray. We are now in a new series called Psalm 119 uh, with Pastor Matt Chandler. Powerful. If you didn't catch last week's episode, you should go back and watch that. Uh, I'm just going to brag on Jesse. He did a great job of kind of explaining just the reality of what David was going through. We talked about how David used his whole life to really write Psalm 119. And that's the dedication. I haven't done anything all my life. <laughs> I wish that there was things that I've done all my life. Uh, and at this point at 40 years old, I guess I could still start things that I could do all my life. But, uh, he used his entire life on earth to write Psalm 119 and he poured his heart and soul and all the things that he's learned in this lifetime, uh, in it. And man, it's, it's rich. And a lot of times we get scared of Psalm 119 because so you can long. be honest. I know, listen, I'm looking at you. You've probably read the Psalms, right? You've done the whole thing where you read Proverb a day and then you read five or six Psalms a day to try to get through the whole thing in a month. 
day 27 when you come to Psalm 119, <laughs> you go, <laughs> I'm going to be here a while. I'm going to read the first nine <laughs> verses, and I'm, I'm going to count it good, because I'm pretty sure it's the same thing all the way down. It's not, so just keep reading. Uh, today, we're going to read verses 17 through 32. I'm going to start this episode by actually reading Psalm 119, 17 through 32. Should have done it probably the whole time last time, but we didn't. Uh, this is Gimel and Daleth. Which, if you remember again last week, if you weren't here, uh, the way that he wrote this is an alphabetic acrostic. It's, it's, it was a way to help them remember this chapter. Because one, he knew it was going to be long, but two, it's so important that he wanted to make it to where anyone memorizing it could do so section by section. Right, like the ABCs. It's the Hebrew alphabet. That's right. Right? So... Let's start with Psalm with verse 17. It says, Be good to your servant that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. I am only a foreigner in the land. Don't hide your commands from me. I am overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant. Those who wander from your commands are cursed. Don't let them scorn and insult me, for I have obeyed your laws. Even princes sit and speak against me but I will meditate on your decrees. Your laws please me. They give me wise advice. I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. I told you my plans, and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I will weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations, I cling to your laws. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. I will pursue your commands, and for you expand my understanding. It's powerful words. It's, you could, it's a man who understands the importance of Scripture, who understood what Scripture, the power in Scripture to know who God really is, and thus be able to, to live life, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and the thing, I think I mentioned this two weeks ago when we were talking about doing this study, yeah. that Psalm 119, every verse refers back to God's Word in some form or fashion. Now, you were reading from a different translation, but... I was reading from the New Living Translation. Yeah, so like verse 17, I will obey your word. Verse 18... Uh, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Verse 19 mm -hmm. talks about his commands. Verse 20, your laws, um, your commands, your statutes, your decrees, all of those. Every verse, almost every verse, I think there might be one, if I recall, that doesn't actually have a different word for the scriptures yeah. or for the Bible. Absolutely. God's word. And, and that's, so. I mean, listen, again, you can't read those well, I can't do that kind of math that quickly, but those those amount of verses and not see Scripture constantly in there and the importance of reading it and knowing it and, and, and burying it in your heart so that it is not just something that you reference, but it's something you live by. I think that's an important thing to understand yeah. is that David was, he lived by this word. He lived by this truth, and he knew that the only way that he was going to find strength was through the Scripture and knowing the Scripture. Um, again, not just so that he could win a, a memorization contest in, in kids' ministry, but, all, but could truly live by it. And, and think about David, man. He was the leader of the Israelite nation. He was a king. He was 
super important to have a king, to have a leader that was committed to that. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, we just went to the um, MISD prayer breakfast this yeah. morning, and yeah, we you did. Know, to have a superintendent who and a large reads amount of God's administrators, word. Yeah. And and does his best to live by God's word. And yeah, many administrators and teachers and support staff who uh, are believers. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, a point and I was making that we have a superintendent of a school district, you know, similar to David as king, Yeah, you know, who values and trusts God's word. It's powerful. It, 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 everything from the top, it trickles down. And a lot of the decisions that were made, I saw a strong email that came out that said, you know, we understand that there are concerns here. We're doing this, but understand that we are conservative. We are a believing uh, school district, and you know, we're going to make choices based on that. And we're not even ashamed of it. Wow! And, and that's the thing is, you don't have a school-sponsored prayer breakfast very often in, in this day and age. And, and to stand up and say, "This is what I'm going to do," and and know that he's backed by those in, that would he would have to report to mm -hmm. is is encouraging as well um but to live it out is yeah, pretty many fantastic on the, many on the school board yeah the school there. board definitely on the school board and then but i'm just talking about in texas as well i mean oh, he's yeah. got mm -hmm. lots of people that are on his side in regards to that as well yeah. uh so let's talk for a minute about something funny because i think we were less funny at the beginning and <laughs> i like to have a little humor and in, sprinkled into all this whole live at lunch thing because i think it's what keeps people around or at least hopefully keeps people around yes uh, the beginning of the video, we talked about the runner's high and how it kind of let him down. Yes. All I could think of was that, man, I get it. I've tried running. Hate it. I don't like it. I'm, I, I'm okay at it, but, but then I thought of Jesse. <laughs> he's, he's made it known. He's said it many times, uh, and he will agree with me. Running, he was not made for running. And he's had many coaches. He's had many uh, people that are incredible runners people that are dedicated themselves to running and teaching others to run who have tried yeah to to help him to run so that he can experience that runner's high that they talk about they all fail <laughs> they all fail because he's not a runner and he was not built to run and there's something wrong or with him. to climb mountains in the uh yeah uh, you know I, he's he could be getting better the lord could be opening his lung capacity because the truth is uh Quest is like 6,000 yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah. now he's going to be living at altitude. His capacity is already diminished. That guy has to, has to be winded every time he just gets out of his car. Yeah. Confirm it for us <laughs> if you're actually watching in the comments today, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, get the, I don't get the running high, and I, I have been let down. You know, there have been times in my life where I wasn't on a normal workout routine, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go for a run. And about 10 minutes in, I thought this was... A the silliest decision I've ever made in my life. I don't, where is that? Where does that runner's high kick in? Yeah. Now walking. I like walking. I like I'm, hiking. That's what I do. I don't I walk. necessarily get a high from it, but I yeah. I run a little bit. I've got a little system I do near where we live, where I walk at a pretty good clip. Mm -hmm. And every time this is on the the waterway and the woodlands. And every time I come to a set of stairs or a ramp, I run up the stairs and back down, run up the ramp, back down, and that gets my heart rate elevated. And then I just keep chugging along walking and trying to keep my heart rate elevated. 
uh, and there are times where I'll run for a little bit longer distance, and I think I don't ever want to do mm. this. I don't want to run like I've run a 5K before, but uh-huh. I just don't. Silly. I don't get the high. No, yeah, and so here's the deal. I think the point of it was he was let down. Yeah, and I was let down. I will say this <clears> morning, <throat> we I went to my gym, we worked out, and then at the end, someone had a it was a young guy had a brilliant idea that let's go for a jog <laughs> after a leg workout and i went because i like to be a good part of the team group whatever it is i made about halfway and i went Mm-mm. nah not anymore sorry <laughs> you guys go on ahead That's i'm gonna right. walk it and i felt great walking it but there was way too much humidity steve like i was bringing in a set of uh i know what is it when your lungs fill up with fluid and uh, pneumonia. Yeah. Pretty sure I, that was setting in. Uh, anyway, that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but what does matter is that if, you, if all you think is that life is going to be wonderful and, and sweet and great and every, if you do something good that something great's going to happen to you, you're mistaken. Yeah. Right? If that's Don't. what you're looking for, you're wrong. Because that's, that's not what's in Scripture. That's Don't. not what's taught to us. That's what is fair in life, but that's not that's not the reality of life. Right. And uh, he compared the prosperity gospel versus the biblical view of God's generosity. And it's, they're, they're considerably at odds, right? Did you write that down? You have notes. I don't think I wrote that down oh. specifically, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. And, uh, and you just, you, you can't, you can't always be looking for that runner's high in, the Christian life and expect that it's going to always happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just because you do good things, you serve and you you go to church and you, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be no. blessed and that you're going to live in a big house and that because again, that's not God's standard. That's He's going to reward you, but in the way that He has promised, right? Not in the way that you think you should be promised. Yeah, He's. Um, I think somehow we get it in our heads. And I don't know, I guess it comes from being in church and hearing messages, maybe, or somehow we just get in our head, if I, if I live the way God wants me to live, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. I'm going to have success and everything. And, and Jesus never, <laughs> if you read the Gospels, Jesus didn't say that. He said, no, I, I, I promise you suffering. Um, yeah. Well, um, in the world, because the world is yeah. fallen, the world is sinful, and, and if you're trying to measure the good things you do for God versus the, in conjunction with the good things that happen here on earth, you're going to be disappointed forever, because that's just, it, that, yeah. it, that goes counter to, to what the gospel and, and scripture teaches us. And it's not the way to learn to depend on God. Good no. times, everything hunky-dory. You don't depend on God. No, that's when you that's when you end up with a Christian light attitude, or honestly, a lukewarm uh, yeah. faith. Because when you can do, gain everything you ever want through your own means, then what need do you have for God? Exactly. And that's that's a dangerous place to be. But instead of having, instead we must have a full dependence on God. And one of the things, this is a good transition, I believe. One of the things that David found is the one thing that you can't buy your way out of, the way you can't work your way out of, and the way that you, uh, you, you can't do enough good things is to 
is to uh, receive forgiveness. Right. And and Matt kind of transitions to an idea of confession. You know, David came to a place in his life where he had to confess sin and confess the things that had gone on in his life that were unpleasing to God. And we all know about the David of Bathsheba. There was other things that, that, that took place in, in David's life. But let's mm-hmm. just focus on the David and Bathsheba part. You know, it, it was a pretty quick turnaround for David where he had to confess. But he was not willing he got, to do so. He got, <laughs> he got told. God sent a guy to say, hey, <laughs> let me tell you about a little sheep. A little guy with one little sheep. And David got all indignant. And, well, find that guy. Let's make him pay. And hey, you're, you're, you're that the man. guy. You are that man. And at that point, David had to decide, man, I have to confess this. And I think that's part of what came out of here, what we, you can find in, this, in these, uh, these verses. Yeah, that, I think verse 26 is the, is the confession part. Uh, and Chandler said, if you're hiding your secrets, you will, not, you will not enter the rest of God until you have confessed to God and brought it, in, you know, brought it to brothers or brought in brothers and sisters to confess to, to, uh, to help you, to be accountable to. Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago that sometimes we, we like to have like our God side of things where we're like, Hey God, look what I'm doing for you. Look what's happening. Hey God, I want to talk to you about the, the times that I lie and the times that I don't do what I'm supposed to do at work. But then in our life, we have this other percent, maybe it's small five, 10% where we're like, Hey God, don't go in that closet over there. <laughs> Cause it's, right. it's a huge mess. <laughs> and it's not ready for you to see yet. God's like, man, I already know that closet. I yeah. built that closet. I put the door handle on that closet. I know what's in it. You, we you have think to you've decide. locked it. Yeah, you think you've locked it. And you, <laughs> away from just me. Just because you don't consider it when you're around me or when you're in the middle of that sin doesn't mean I don't know about it. And that, that's, that's what you were talking about. That nothing's hidden from God. He knows it all. And so our confession of it is really just for our willingness to say, God, I, I've been holding on to this. And I need to let it go. God's got it already. Yeah. And then the importance of, you kind of alluded to it, the importance of bringing other people, other groups of people in to, to strengthen you. Because if you try to do it all by yourself, we can, we can hide it and say, nope, that's not really there. But when you have other people, they're the ones going, let's talk about that. Right. Because I see it in your life and that's what needs to get out. And it's the importance of being in a group is that they're, hopefully and you're in a strong enough place where they can say hey i see this in your life and we need to we need to remedy it Mm -hmm. so few people are willing to put themselves into that circumstance but the truth is until you can put yourself in that circumstance and be accountable to that type of of uh calling out you're not going to really truly experience all that god really would have for you uh, in in the terms of knowing him in the way that he wants you to know it, right? Because you can't read the word and 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 truly take it in and live by it and still have that other closet no. full of drunk. It's impossible. No, I I remember um, a a speaker, pastor. He wasn't a pastor in the sense of he had a church. He was a an itinerant minister, mm-hmm. you know, that went around speaking. And I remember specifically at one event where he was speaking, where he he said, you're only as sick as your secrets. And And, and that means that some people are really sick. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I remember sharing that with 
both of my boys at different times just saying, you do not want to harbor secrets. They will, you think you're, you're controlling them. They will control you. They will eat you up. Yeah. And they will take even you. even said something like that. They will, you know, your sin. You think you're hiding it, but it will, it will become your master. It does. Yeah, because, because whatever it is that you're trying to hide, it's like a lie. You have to keep conjuring up all of these other things in order yeah. to create the continuation of that lie. And eventually it consumes you to the point where you can't do anything else except for continue to cover it up. And then instead of a 5% closet full of evil, you're, you're almost all consumed by it and everything that you do. And there's no relationship there. And I think that we say it all the time we want a personal relationship with Jesus and Jesus does want a personal relationship with us but it's important for us to understand that means you have to be willing to say to share right we're, we're both married our relationships you've been married for how long 30 years January, this year right? 30 years January and I'm, I've been married for 21 years almost 22 years in those times what we've learned is if you keep secrets, you're going to end up in trouble. Yeah. And that relationship is going to be horribly broken. You're likely to get found out and it'll yeah, be bad. It's going to be horrible, no matter what it is. The, the same is true with God. He already knows, which is kind of like your wife. She already knows <laughs> you made a dumb decision. You, you, you just got to say it, and she's just waiting to just pounce on you. Uh, Holly, uh, Holly reminded Tyler of that. He came down this weekend to see us, and... We were just having conversations, and he was talking about something, you know, that he that he had done, and Confessing, so, yes. and 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 Holly knew about it, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I always found out." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I always found. It drives out. my kids crazy, and I I've been around the longest, and I'm like, "Hey man, I don't know why y'all." She already knows, yeah, I've done. and she she's gonna <laughs> find out. So just just come out and say it. It's way better, because in the long run, that means that she's gonna be able to trust you and. God, God loves you in a way that is even greater than, than the way your spouse loves you. And he, he knows everything. He knows all the dirty little things that you don't want to tell anybody and right. that you wish that nobody uh, knew about you and, and that you wish you didn't do. He already knows about it. Yeah. It's like when you're, you're trying to tell someone something, you're not telling the whole truth. And it's someone that knows you inside and out. It could be your wife, could mm -hmm. be your parents, could be a great friend, and you're hiding the truth um, or hiding a secret of some sort, and you're talking about the situation, and your friend or your wife or your parent is like, come on, what, what do you take me for? Do you? Yeah. You really want me to believe what you're telling me right That's now? Right. You think I'm just some guy at the grocery store? Come on. <laughs> I've been here. I see it. I get it. I know. Yeah. You can't lie your way out of it. You can try, but then it's just breaking the relationship further. And so if you know God's word, you have to put it into practice. And I think that was the last part of it, right? Oh, knowing yeah. and obeying is what makes the gospel alive. Just to know something doesn't do you any good in regards to, to your, your, your faith journey. Because, it, again, I, I've told kids, and I've said this a million times on here, 
you know, you can know the Bible back and forth, right? From Genesis 1 1 to, to the Revelation, the end. 22. 22. <laughs> you, can know, you can know it all. Memorize it. Be able to account, pull it up at any point. But if it doesn't change the way that you live, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I you loved his, his illustration. I'm sorry. Go ahead. His illustration was you can know what the speed limit is, you know it's mm -hmm. 35 oh. or 40. Man, you're stepping on you people's really toes. You don't really believe it until the police show up and are sitting there when you <laughs> fly by, by. Then you believe the speed limit. Mm -hmm. And you know that you messed up. And yeah. That's, isn't a, it? that's a great that, illustration. It's a great illustration because the truth is you don't think about speeding until you get caught. That's right. And then you're just mad sometimes because you don't want to admit that you were speeding or that the speed limit is dumb or that, that you're, it shouldn't be this slow, especially on 1488 where yeah. it's like wide open and you're just like, why is this not 60? Why is it 50 or 45? Exactly. No, I don't know. I don't it, get they it. don't care if you no, tell them that. Mm -mm. Yeah. They, yeah. I, I you really think it should case. be 60. And the cops yeah. can be like, <laughs> sir, do you know why you were going 70? Yeah. Well, I, the, the speed limit should be 60. And he's like, well, even if it is, <laughs> you were still going 70. And that was, I got you when you saw me. What were you doing before? <laughs> Not 62. <laughs> Uh, I hit the gas and said, no, it, that you don't think about the things that you do that are wrong until somebody calls you on it that's or you right. get caught. Yeah. And that's a, that's a condition of our heart. Uh, it, it's, it hurts. <laughs> it's a, sto it's it's a toe so stepper. And, but it, and our immediate reaction is to want to lie mm -hmm. mm -mm. or something to justify, get out of the consequences. Justify it. Yeah, justify make, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not... I don't want the consequences, so i got to figure out something. Consequences hurt. I have to go to, like, this office that <laughs> everybody's angry in, and then I have to pay things that I don't have money to pay for. And and the whole time, you know what the simple solution is? Don't speed! Yeah. And, you know, I wish it was that simple in, in our life as far as sin and things that are all-consuming. But... We do have the instructions, and we do have the commands, and, and, and thankfully, God hasn't put all these crazy rules on us. Really, love God, love people, and from that, you should have all the instructions for your obedience to God yeah. from that. I love the way he talked about enlarging your heart, and you enlarge your heart by confessing your sins, by obeying. Your heart gets bigger and bigger for God. Yeah, uh, I loved that illustration and, and that. that's when you start seeing the real difference in your life based on how the word can really live in you and and, and grow out through you and, and, and then people start noticing and you, you're like man I'm not even doing anything I'm not witnessing to people like that yeah. I'm not just going but they're going hey something's different about you tell me about it and that's when you get a chance to right. share because you're living out this true faith that is that is real inside of you uh, so I challenge you today at the end if you're still here and you're soliciting, you're thinking, man, I've got some stuff, then go confess it. We're here. You don't have to come confess all your dirty sin to us, but hopefully you have a group, a group of people that you trust that you can confess to. Uh, but if you do need something, the pastoral, uh, we are here for you. We're here to, to talk with you, to walk you through, encourage healing, you. to encourage you, uh, to show you scriptures that help you to be encouraged to take your next step on your faith journey, wherever you are and whatever's going on in your life, we're here for you. Uh, and I think that's about it. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Yep. Uh, 1237. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you ever need anything, please reach out to us. We are here. You can go to m1bc.org, fill out a contact form, and we will get back to you. Uh, or you just shoot us an email, 
Seth at M1BC.org, Steve at M1BC.org, and we will be happy to dialogue with you about taking your next step in your faith journey. But until then, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, and we're praying for you.